Hello, welcome to the West Side Podcast. This is where we'll post some of our audio from our sermons on Sunday, and we're so glad that you're here. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus step by step. We hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys for being here. I'm so glad to see all of your faces, especially on a sunny day. It was so, it just felt so good. So I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, So I'll tell you a funny little thing. The last time that I got to speak at Westside was the very last service that we had before COVID shut everything down. So that was our our last thing, which was, you know, we, we teased about it for so long. And I spoke on Sabbath, so it was kind of ironic that, you know, we like rested for two years. I don't know if you can call it rest, but um, I promise today what I'll be speaking on hopefully doesn't jinx us into anything crazy. It will be a normal day. Um, but again, thank you so much. Um, I have had the privilege of being a part of Westside for about seven years now. Uh, the last three years, I've been able to be on staff. I started out as our uh, assistant to our kids' ministry, and then um, slowly I've been um, becoming the administrator and communications lead, which I'm so thankful for. Um, I went to school to do communications. I got my degree in communications, so I feel really blessed and really thankful that that is what I get to do now. So that's how I started coming to Westside was uh, I came here for school. I went to NCU or Northwest Christian University. It's Bushnell now, but um, I started out there and just stumbled upon Westside, which I'm so thankful for. But that first year of being in like a college class and being in my college courses, man, I'll tell you about, there's a man, love him. His name is Doyle Schrader. He's my communications professor. And he is, oh my goodness, if you want to learn some things about communication, he's your guy. He challenged me so much. I learned so much from him. But I remember being in that first class, that first semester, going from being a high schooler who, I'll tell you, I got good grades, but I just kind of feel like I, you know, took in the information, memorized it, and then put it down on a test to get a good grade. I didn't really think, take in the information and learn and listen the way I should have And that first semester, my first college class with Doyle, I really realized, man, I don't really know how to study and I don't really know how to learn and keep the information in order to use it um, in my future. So I was thinking about that, just um, we're we're going through Mark and in Mark there's a lot of parables. And so it reminded me of how Doyle was teaching me how Jesus is teaching um, the people who are willing to listen, the people um, teaching them through parables. And again, that just, you know, kind of reminded me of, I don't know if you've been in a a school setting uh, recently or maybe um, the classroom setting or maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're the student right now or you remember a time when you were that and I know, on the, I know there's some, some teachers in here, and I'm sure you have those frustrating moments where you think, man, are my, are my students even listening to me? Like, do they know what I'm saying? And, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, I remember being on the student side, again, being like, oh, you know, I'm, not, I'm not really paying attention. So, um, again, similar to how Jesus is teaching the parable. So let's go into Mark 4. We're going to read just the beginning first, and then we'll go into the rest of it. But if, if you have your Bibles with you, open up to Mark 4 and... Join me along. So it says, Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. 
He taught them many things by parables, and his teaching said, and we're going to wait for a moment. I want you to close your eyes. Bear with me. Close your eyes. Bring yourself to kind of where the people are right now. You're sitting down maybe on some rocks, maybe on some sand. You're sitting by a lake. You're looking out, and this guy is standing on a boat, and you're ready to hear a story. Maybe you're not really sure why you're there or what you're listening to, but you heard this guy's really great, so you're sitting down and listening. It probably smells a little fishy. It's a weird, it's a weird setting. Okay, you can open your eyes again. Now, I'm not going to sound much like Jesus, but you can, you can, you can figure it out. <laughs> and he says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell, along, fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. So we'll, we'll get to the rest of the parable and kind of talk more and dissect that a little bit. But first, I really want to focus on verses 9 through 12. I don't know if you've ever read Isaiah 6 before. We're not going to get into it today. Isaiah 6 is a, oh my goodness, it is a one that we'll have to save for another sermon. It's not going to be on the screen, but I'm just going to read it to you really quick. It's where Jesus is referencing um, the ear, people for um, the ears to hear. So he says... Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever perceiving, or be ever seeing, but never perceiving. So Jesus is referring back to this, this verse in the Old Testament. It's God telling Isaiah to tell his people, you know, you, you may have eyes, you may have ears that work, but you're not really listening, you're not really perceiving and understanding. There were, you know, God was having Isaiah kind of scold these people. And so we wonder, you know, why, why is Jesus using that in in this parable before he's, he's telling um, them about it. And so I think in Mark, Jesus is referring to this passage because he's, one, encouraging the people to listen. He's, he's saying, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Or in other words, whoever is willing to listen, listen up. I have something, I have something to tell you. I have something good to say. I also think he wanted to show the disciples that there's, there's going to be people who don't agree or there's going to be people who don't understand um, some people may hear, and you'll see them hear, but they may not listen and may not get it. Again, it's kind of like being back in, that, in, back in the school setting. You know, I don't know if you've ever had, I, I remember being a little kid in the back seat of my mom's car, and, you know, picking me up from school, we're driving home, and she says, oh, Gianna, what'd you learn in school today? And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. 
it's the same sort of thing. It's we're, we're hearing, but we're not listening. I can't, I don't know if I was paying attention. Or, or maybe you're having a conversation with a friend and they're giving you really good advice. I know my like good friend, I know this is going to be a shock to you all, but I'm, I can be pretty stubborn. Um, my good friends know that I, I, can, I can be a, a little stubborn to them. So if it's, it's like a friend giving you good advice and you're choosing to ignore it, even though you know, you know you're, you're hearing it, but you're not, you're not following it. You're not doing what they say. Or maybe it's like being in church. I know, you guys know, I've been here plenty of times and I grew up going to church and there are many, many times, there's probably more times than not that I was like, oh, I walked away and I remembered, you know, what was being said and that's normal, that's so okay. But, you know, I could see you after church, be like, oh, you know, did you like the sermon? And you might be like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what you said. And again, that's okay, that's okay. It happens, our mind wanders, we listen, it goes in one ear and out the other. That's totally fine. It's normal. But we, we're, we're focusing on, on that listening part. We're hearing and we're seeing, but we're not taking anything away. We're choosing maybe not to listen or understand. And like I said, it's normal. But why, why is Jesus putting emphasis on this? Why is he telling his disciples this? Why is, why is he going through this with them? I think Jesus wanted to emphasize that what he wants is to give people the choice and give them the chance to follow him. They, he wants them to decide what it, me, what it means for them to, to follow him. If he just gave them, gave them the right answers right then and there, they probably wouldn't be the same. And, and Jesus used these parables to create a relatable story. It wasn't, it wasn't to confuse us, or it wasn't confuse them at the time. I grew up playing soccer, and uh, there's plenty of people who you know, will use a soccer analogy to try and get my attention or make me understand a situation better. You know, if you, if you just pass a ball along to someone else, then they can take it and, and they can do it. If you pass along this opportunity, someone else will go. Or you have a team around you that is caring for you. Th- those kind of analogies. And I think Jesus is using it the same way for the people there, using it in this parable. Again, he didn't, he didn't use it to confuse us. He did it to help us understand. So many times in, in life, in literature, movies, all these things, we use similes, we use comparisons, imagery, symbolism, um, fill, in, fill in the blank for me here. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know which one you're gonna get, right? Yes, exactly. It's, you know, it's something that helps us remember, and I think it, similes and metaphors and those things really help us understand, help us uh, gain a little perspective and understand what's going on. And Jesus, of course, is using um, this parable of being in the garden and, and the sowing the seed and everything because at the time, that's, that was really you know, important to the people then. That's the way that they grow their food and that's the way that they lived. So to them, it was something they could take and understand. Maybe it was a little difficult, but, but it gave them something to relate to. Um, and again, like some of them might still have been confused or, or maybe they just chose not to have those ears to hear. They weren't, they weren't really letting themselves hear it and listen and, and take it another level. They were just hearing, oh, this is something about a garden. I think the Pharisees are a really good example of not having ears to hear. They expected Jesus' messages to probably raise them up and, and make them seem powerful. They felt like they were the religious ones and they were following the rules and what they were doing was really good. So when Jesus did what they didn't expect, it was a huge, huge probably blow to their pride. And also they, you know, they're, they're thinking like, what, what is this guy saying? 
why, why is he talking about the guy? Why isn't he telling, you know, the people like, oh, the, you know, the Pharisees are so good. They're the religious leaders. So again, they're, they're thinking, yeah, what's, what's in it for me? But that's, that's them having, um, not having ears to hear. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes that's us. Sometimes that's me. I know um, our pride can get in the way or, or my stubbornness can get in the way. So what are some times when, when we're in this situation and we're hearing but we're not listening um, when, things, when things are difficult in life and we want to ignore the solutions? Maybe we're going through a hard time and we know that the solution is probably going to be a lot harder than, than maybe ignoring it. Or maybe when a friend is confronting us and it's so much easier to let one thing just go in one ear and out the other. It's so much easier just to put it aside and not, not deal with it. So much easier to hear but not actually listen to what they're saying. And maybe we choose not to listen when, when we disagree with what's being said. I think that's a huge thing, especially just in our world right now. It's probably always been a thing, but sometimes it feels really prevalent in the times we've been in to ignore someone else when we disagree with them or, or just brush their opinion aside because we don't think it's right. But that's our opinion. If we disagree with them, we're, we're maybe choosing to, to close our ears and not listen, not listen to them. Maybe we're ignoring our own intuition or, or the Holy Spirit, really. Maybe we know that a big decision is coming and we know inside, we know we're, we're feeling that, we know what the decision should be, but we're choosing to ignore it because it's scary or maybe it's not what we wanna do. But again, all, all examples of having, having ears that work and can hear, but we're not listening. And all these reasons I think are why Jesus gives us the chance to choose whether or not we'll have ears to hear or not. That's, that's a chance he's giving the people at Mark. He's saying, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. And again, confusing. This is probably confusing, but he's giving them the chance. Oh, you know, we, ha- we, have to, we have to talk about verse 13. I haven't read it to you yet, but it just makes me laugh. So read that real quick, and then I'll read to you the rest of the, rest of the parable. But uh, verse 13, Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? And Jesus is talking to the disciples right now, and uh, I just think that's so funny. I, I hope someday we'll get to see maybe the, the sarcasm that Jesus has or maybe the humor that he has because he's basically saying, like, you guys, like, you're the ones who know what everyone else doesn't know. Like, how are you going to figure out the parables if you're, if you're asking me the questions? Poor Jesus. What a guy. What a patient guy. Jesus is like, you, you're the ones who know about the secret kingdom of God. Don't you understand this parable? Um, but at the same time, can't blame the disciples. We're all, we're all in that boat. We all have questions we don't know. And, and at least the disciples are, are choosing to have those ears to hear. They have the ears to hear. But Jesus, but Jesus' teaching in this parables was just a form of teaching again. Um, it's not a way to try and confuse anyone or you know, try and trick them. Jesus is just trying to be relatable and, and give them a chance. It, it, it reminds me like, again, teacher, teacher student setting. If you're sitting in your desk and you know, you're taking a test and you're, you're looking at the question and you're thinking like, oh man, what's, what's the answer to number two? And you look up at the board and your teacher is starting to write like all the answers on the board. It's like, number one is C, number two is five, whatever. And you're like, oh, perfect, there's the answer. And you write it down on your paper, but we're not gonna learn this way. And I think it's, it's the same with how Jesus is teaching the people in his parables. 
Jesus is teaching this way to make people listen and think. Jesus wants to, te- to reach the people who are willing to be vulnerable, willing to ask questions, willing to listen and think. You're gonna hear me say that so many times. To listen and think. That's, and that's where I think faith comes in. He wants us to make our own decisions on what we believe. With the help of each other, of course, the help of you know, the Bible as a tool, the help of um, just our relationship with him even. But he's, he's giving us that chance. He wants to make our own decision. He wants it to be our decision. But, um, you know, then you think, like, what, what's, the, what's the point of faith then? Faith is to have complete confidence in something that we believe is true, even if we don't have all the answers. And, I, again, that's, like, such a, a beautiful thing that, that Jesus gives us. He gives us the tools and he gives us the answers, but he's not going to just write it on the board and, and say, you know, this is what you have to do. We get to choose. We get to choose. Again, this is why Jesus isn't going to give us all the answers and why he spoke in the parables in the New Testament. Question. How many people know everything there is to know about the Bible? No, right? Me neither. How many have so many questions about the Bible? Right? Yes, me too. So many questions. But that's exactly the point. I think if it was all just easy to understand then what would be the point of faith? Believing in something that may, may still have you know, unanswered questions too, that's, that's the point, that, which I think is so beautiful. We get to believe in something together and have that relationship with him and, and not know everything. And he did that for a purpose. So good, so good. If it was so easy, then, then everyone would do it. I feel like I've heard my parents say that before. Well, if, you know, if all your, it reminds me of like, all oh, your friends jump off a bridge, wouldn't you do too? Or they or you wouldn't, I don't know. <laughs> but it was so easy, everyone, everyone would do it. But it's hard, it's hard to believe in something that you're unsure of. But how beautiful it is to have that faith. So now, we're gonna move on and go on into the rest of the parable and just talk more about that. So, we're gonna open up, we're gonna read three through eight again, and then we'll jump into 13 through 20. Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or 100 times. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand the parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other, other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. So let's, well, let's get a few things straight. So I had to read it a few times. It like seems self-explanatory, but it just goes to show we're people and it's, sometimes it's confusing. So the farmer is God. The seed is his word. 
in the soil is kind of the, the types of, of hearts we have, maybe the receptive heart, or maybe the way we listen. So there's four different types of soil that um, he talks about here, which we're gonna, we're gonna see them as different types of hearts. There's a hard heart, the shallow heart, the distracted heart, and the fruitful heart. So the hard heart was the one where the seed was sown along the path, but that's where it immediately got eaten up by the crows or, or where Jesus ex- is explaining to the disciples or when Satan is taking it away. And maybe some of you have this heart right now. Maybe you don't know enough, so you're not really sure, so the seed is planted and it takes up right away because maybe this is the first time you're hearing anything about the Bible. Or maybe you're kind of on the fence and you let that, those seeds be sown, but you know, someone comes and takes it because maybe you're, you're not really sure. Or maybe it's something that you've been battling with and you disagree and you don't really know where you stand with it, so the seeds are taken. It's not penetrating you. It's not, it's not captivating you. You're not, you're not able to receive it because that's where you're at, and that's okay. This is a silly example, but I had to share with you. I think the one thing, you guys know, not, not a lot of things, if you don't know me, not a lot of things make me upset. But I remember being little, this is probably one of my like, pet peeves, I remember being little and trying to like, tell someone something, and my friend or whoever it was will plug their ears and be like, la, 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 I can't hear you. I hate it, I hate it so much. Ugh. But it reminds me of kind of having the hard hearts. It's someone, you know, again, this is a silly example, but it's someone, someone hearing and just not, not being willing to listen, not, not listening. Or, or, oh, guys, I love... I love all animals, but I'm definitely much more of a dog person than I am a cat person. But I don't think I've ever, ever seen someone call a cat by their name and the cat respond. Cats have selective hearing. They have selective listening. Maybe you have a different story, but the only time I can ever get a cat's attention is when I like shake their cat food and then they'll come. But other than that, cats have selective hearing. So I think, you know, again, it could be another example of how our hearts are hard. We have selective, selective listening or selective hearing. And then there's a shallow heart. That's where the seed falls on the stony soil. They receive the word and immediately receive it with joy and go and sprout, sprout up. But quickly they wither away because there is no real root to sustain them. When hard things come along or when troubles come, they have nothing to fall back on. They're knocked down because they don't have a foundation that's keeping them up. This kind of reminds me of one of my friends, her name's Kayla, love her. What a girl, love her. But she gets so excited about different hobbies. She gets way in over her head. Her, her, recent, her most recent hobby obsession is glass blowing. She really wants to learn how to blow glass, which is cool. But all of us are like, are you really going to learn how to do that? So she gets all excited. She like gets some material and learns, like buys a book and learns some things. But when she goes to sit down to do it, she doesn't, she doesn't really have a foundation. She doesn't have roots. She doesn't know what she's doing. So she kind of comes to this point of like, oh, okay, yeah. I've been knocked on. I, I can't really do it. But the same thing in this situation with people saying, like, they're quick, like, yes, Jesus, I accept, and I understand your word. And that's, that's not a wrong thing. I don't want to tell you that, you know, it's wrong to say yes to Jesus quickly because it's, it's really good. But we also, we, you know, we might think that nothing, nothing challenging is going to come our way, but when we don't have those roots and then, yeah, that, that thing that happens that's really hard, maybe someone gets sick, or maybe you get sick, something happens to a family member, something tragic happens, and if we don't have that root to keep us foundationally in, in, in the soil, then we're gonna get knocked down. If we don't have roots to keep us in the ground, we're, 
we're gonna wither away. If we had a foundation to keep us grounded, to keep our roots in the ground, like our faith in Jesus is strong, and we know that he has us even in the hard times, and we trust in him, then I'm not saying that all our problems are gonna go away, that's not how it works. But if our roots are, are in the ground and they have a foundation around them, then we're gonna stay up and it's gonna be hard and the storm will come and we'll probably lose a leaf or two or a petal or two, but we're not gonna be uprooted out of the ground. We won't wither away if we have roots. And then we have the distracted heart. That's the seed that falls onto the thorny soil, the soil that's filled with weeds. It grows and it even may have roots, but as it grows, it gets tangled up in the weeds and the thorns and gets destroyed a bit. It gets crushed eventually. This heart is being distracted and being torn up by the distractions of the world. That's the comparison. It's the worldly pleasure. It's, the, it's you know, we can, we can name all the uh, very stereotypical things like money, power, drugs, pride, et cetera, et cetera. It looks a lot different in, in our life. I think that you know, those are big things and they're serious. But I think it also is in the little things. Like I think about my phone. Gosh, I'm so addicted to my phone. I hate it. I love it, but I hate it. I need to throw it away. I love TikTok. Oh, man. I'm on the cusp of Gen Z and being a millennial, so it's a, it's a tough time for me. <laughs> but if we, choose, if we choose to get up, caught up in these worldly distractions, and we choose that first before our relationship with God, then of course we're going to get crushed by the thorns. And I, I'm not saying that we're not going to get distracted, because we are. That's, that's who we are as humans, and unfortunately that happens. But again, if, if we choose that first, we're just going to immediately see that happen right away. So maybe it's, maybe it's been you, or maybe it's someone you know that has been destroyed by the thorns of before. You've seen your life, you've seen their life taken over by those worldly things that really, really do it to you. It could be, um, you know, whatever, whatever that is in your life that thorn in your life. It overtakes your thoughts and you're constantly wanting more or um, it continues just to bother you and it's, it's getting in the way of, of how you just wanna be content in the Lord. It's taking that chance away, um, whatever it is. And again, I'm not saying that to discourage you because there's, there's so many situations like that and we're all in it together. But the good thing is there's a solution. There's, there's light at the end of the tunnel there's a way, you know, to, to improve and get out of that. And it's not going to be very easy. But wherever the seed lands in your life, we have the power to create good soil, which leads us to the good soil, the fruitful heart, the receptive soil, the receptive heart. Has anyone, anyone got any gardeners in here? Anybody like to garden? Woohoo! love it. I remember, so, you know, being, being in the dirt, grabbing the things, I don't garden, so I don't know. But I remember being little and um, my, my dad, you know, for whatever reason, what a five to 10 year old needs money for, I don't even know, a popsicle from the ice cream man, who knows. But I wanted money and he would say, oh, if you go in the backyard and pick out weeds, I'll give you a dollar for every weed that you pick out. So of course I was like, give me a shovel, give me the gloves, I'm going to get my weeds. Um, but of course, because our, our backyard wasn't, wasn't naturally good soil, it had weeds, it had rocks, it had thorns. And we took the time and the hard work and the discipline of removing those things, the, the rocks, the, the thorns, the weeds. 
And it's the same how our hearts work and how we choose to listen. It's the same thing. We are, we're in, in the power of being able to remove those seeds, those rocks. And of course, we have the Lord to rely on as well. We have to rely on the farmer. He's gonna come and do those things as well. But we have to work together. We have to work together. Preparing our hearts to receive is a practice. We have to practice just how listening is a practice. We may have some, some crows that are coming. We may have some rocks and thorns in our soil. We, we can work hard to change it. And again, we have to work with the Lord to change it. Um, but ultimately, it's, it can be our choice too. So I'll have the band come back up and continue our worship. But I just want to ask, what does your soil look like right now? And, and what would it take to make it good what would it take to make it a fruitful soil, a soil that is ready to produce good crops and, and grow? What kind of gardening do you have to do? Do you need to shoo the crows? Do you need to rake up the rocks? Do you need to pull the weeds? I know there's a lot of things in my life that I have to do. I have to do a lot of gardening. But we get to do it together, and we get to do it with our farmer, with, with God. We get to do it together. Are we gardening our soil to be receptive are we guarding it to be gardening it to be able to grow and are your ears open to hear and to listen are you ready to be an annoying disciple that's asking clarifying questions i know i'm ready to be annoying i love that but we have we have to ask those questions and it's okay it's okay because we don't know do you want to put your faith into something that you maybe don't have all the answers to that's so scary that's so scary i get it I remember being, again, being back in that classroom and finally having that moment of like, oh my gosh, I know, I know how to listen. I know how to listen and take the, that information, put it on a test, get the right answers, but also know and remember it afterwards and be able to put it into practice. It's a really powerful tool. I, I had to take the time to pay attention and to listen, put my own thoughts and opinions to the side so I could fully listen and fully understand. And once I did that, again, I remembered and I could, I could take it with me. So good. In the same way, that's um, how we can try and listen and understand and be open with our hearts to what the Lord is, is doing and saying in our lives. We're choosing to listen and contemplate and question. And that shows, that's, that shows that we got ears to hear. So let's do that. Let's do that. Let's have ears to hear. and close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this time that we get to be together. I love just thanking you for uh, the space to, to talk freely, to be with each other, to be in community. So, so sweet and special. Lord, I ask that you help us just step out in faith um, to ask the questions, to be open to your word, to be open to others, to listen, to understand open our ears, open our eyes to know you more and help us, help us figure out what our garden looks like right now. Help us figure out what kind of gardening needs to be done in our lives. And let's do that together. Let's do that together, Lord. Thank you. Amen.